want to welcome you to day three of our look through the book of Matthew, week four, this wonderful week of beginning to look at the Sermon on the Mount. We've been looking together at what Jesus taught us about attitudes for life, the attitude of being poor in spirit, the attitude of meekness, of gentleness. And today, as we hit verse six, we hit another of those attitudes. What does Jesus want us to be in our attitudes? Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus wants us to be hungry. In fact, the next few days as we look at these final Beatitudes, we're going to see some principles for life. We're going to see that Jesus is teaching us about how life works. And when he teaches us about hungering, thirsting for righteousness so that we will be filled, he's teaching us that what you want determines who you are. What you want determines who you are. Now, you don't always get what you want. You don't always get what you desire but you'll always chase after what you want. You'll always chase after what you desire. And so that determines who you are. Now, physically, if you hunger for the wrong thing physically and you eat that wrong thing because you're hungering for it, you won't be healthy physically. Well, Jesus is teaching us that the same thing is true personally, same thing is true spiritually. So the question behind this for me is, what is it that I most desire? What is it that you most desire? because that's gonna become who you are. And I think if we're honest, too often in our lives we'd say, it's not the things of God. It's not what it should be. I most desire my own success. I most desire my sin. I most desire my satisfaction. So what we need, what I need, what you need, is a change of appetite. We need a change of spiritual appetite. And the place to begin is to ask God, to say, God, change my hunger, change my thirst. I mean, you can change an appetite, change my hunger, change my thirst, and let the thing that is most important to me be you, be righteousness, be living in right relationship with you and others and doing the right things you've made me to live for. Because when you hunger for that, Jesus' promise is you're going to be filled with that. You will be filled. There's many things in life. If you hunger for those things, you may chase after those things all your life, and at the end of life, you're empty. You're empty. In fact, that's what happens with the things of this world. There are many people, many, many people who have chased all their lives after the thing they most want. Some of them have gotten it. Some of them haven't. But they're all empty. Sometimes sometimes the people who get the thing they most want earlier in life are lucky in many ways. Not because they got that thing, but because when they got that thing, they realize that's not the thing that makes me happy. I got the house. I got the job. I got the money. I got the whatever but I'm still unhappy. And they realize there's a deeper need. Don't spend your whole life chasing after something that'll leave you empty. Jesus said, when you hunger, when you thirst for righteousness, you're gonna be filled in this life and into all eternity. So be hungry for the right things. And then in verse seven, Jesus goes on and he says, here's the next attitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Be merciful. Now, be hungry. What you want determines who you are. Be merciful. He's teaching us here that what you give determines what you receive. God wants to show us mercy, but he also wants to show us how to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they're the ones who are going to be shown mercy. Now, first, before talking about what that means, what is mercy? What are we talking about here? Well, mercy is a gift, and it is forgiveness, but it's more than that. It's being able to see life from another person's perspective. And it's not something that you can earn. Even with salvation, 
What you give determines what you receive. You give your life to him to receive salvation from him because he gave his life for you in order to be able to give salvation to you. It's not what you earn. You can't earn your salvation that determines what you receive. It's what you give. It's what you give. And mercy is giving someone what they need instead of what they deserve. It's giving someone what they need instead of what they deserve. You deserve, I deserve to be rejected because of what I did to a friend. But in mercy, you give them a second chance. We deserve to be separated from God because of our sin. But in mercy, he gives us forgiveness. Sometimes we pray for mercy with a single word. You're heading down a hill and you're going 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit and you see a police car off to your right. And you pray this one word prayer, please, 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 please. You're wanting not what you deserve. You know you're speeding. You're wanting what you need, what you think you need in that. Now, what you need may be a ticket. I don't know. You might need to learn a lesson. That's, that's between you and God. But you're wanting what you think you need in that moment. So you pray for mercy. Now, how does this work in my life? As you start to unpack this verse, how do I practice radical mercy? I got to tell you, I'm going to be working all my life on this one. As a teacher of God's word, I tend to be able to see God's truth, sometimes in black and white, sometimes too black and white, and not give the mercy to myself or to others that I should give. I want God to teach me this one the rest of my life. So how does it work? Well, he teaches us here, first, I must know mercy. First, I must know mercy. You can't give what you don't have. And the great news is mercy is a gift. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. So how do I get this gift of mercy? You simply admit that you need it. Knowing mercy starts with a honest moment where you say, Jesus, I need your mercy. I need you to give me what I need, not what I deserve. I need you to give forgiveness in my life because without it, I can't have a relationship with you. I need you to give new life, a kind of life only you can give. And thank you that you're willing to give that gift. That's where it starts. Now, knowing mercy, it starts there, but it's not a one-time event. It's a daily commitment. Every day you remind yourself that without God's mercy, where would I be? So first you must know mercy, and then I will show mercy. That's what this beatitude teaches. Then I will show mercy. If you say you know mercy, but you can't show mercy, something is radically wrong, according to the teaching of Jesus here. Jesus says, in fact, you're fooling yourself. Now, it's not that mercy buys you mercy. The truth is, if you've really experienced mercy, you cannot help but give it away to somebody else. If you can't give it away, if you can't forgive, if you can't understand, if you can't have compassion, if you can't give it away, it's a pretty strong indication that you don't think you need it or somehow you think you deserve it. I deserve God's mercy more than that person. God's mercy towards you inevitably motivates your mercy towards others. Now, think about this with me for a moment. Mercy is a gift. So that means that forgiveness is a gift. And the truth is, you cannot earn a gift. What I'm about to say could radically change some of your lives because there's an unforgiveness in your life that has been a barrier, a hurt for so long. I'm not saying that the hurt, the memory will go away, but I am saying that you can forgive. Forgiveness doesn't mean you say they can hurt me again. Forgiveness doesn't mean you open up the relationship and totally trust them again. Forgiveness just means you hand it over to God. You hand the judgment over to God. But I know many, many people 
You can't earn a gift. I know many, many people who are caught in the trap of waiting for someone to earn the gift of forgiveness. So you're looking at them all the time, hoping that they'll earn it, hoping that they'll say the right thing or do the right thing or give you the right indication. Listen, you could not earn forgiveness from God and they can't earn forgiveness from you. Nothing they do could earn forgiveness. It's a gift that comes from you. Now, as I talk about this, the truth is mercy, mercy is messy. It's messy. God's mercy towards you is messy. It meant being born in a stable in Bethlehem. It meant going to a cross and dying for you. It means that some people still ignore his mercy and reject him even today with all that he did. If God's mercy towards us is messy, then our mercy towards others will be messy. It doesn't always work out the way that you want it to work out. Mercy is risky. They might reject your mercy. C.S. Lewis once said, Pilate was merciful until it became risky. He was willing to be merciful towards Jesus until it risked his political future. But true mercy is risky because they may reject. God's mercy is risky. But that messy, risky mercy is the only way to real life. That's what Jesus teaches us in this life management seminar. Now, one final thing about mercy. First, I've got to be shown mercy, and then I will show mercy. But the final truth is, as I show mercy, I will better know mercy. I get to understand God's mercy better and better as I show mercy to others. As you show mercy to others, you will better experience, understand God's mercy in your own life. You'll have a fuller understanding of it. You experience all of God's mercy the moment you're saved. He pours out all of his forgiveness on you, but then you spend the rest of your life as a believer, a follower in Christ, understanding all that he did in that moment, how merciful he really is. So you know mercy to show mercy, but you also show mercy to know mercy. That's how God works in our lives. Let's take a few minutes to talk to him. Our Father, you are a merciful Father, and we want to learn from you. Thank you that you have shown us mercy. Teach us how. Give us strength to be merciful, beginning with the people that are closest to us, our own family, our own friends, our own church. But then, Lord, also people maybe from way in the past or people that are on the peripheral of our lives, show us how to show mercy. Let your mercy in our lives motivate a mercy out of us that's not our own. And Lord, we don't want to end this prayer without saying we want to hunger and thirst for what you want in our lives. We want to live for what you want. We want that to be most important to us. And so, Lord, let that which is most important to you be most important to us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about what it means to be a peacemaker, to be joyful in persecution. <laughs>